Well, hi again. Welcome to another edition of Behind the Bench with Craig Berube. I'm John Kelly. Tonight's Coaches Show is brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Boardwalk has great floors for every home with better selection, better value, and the best service. Visit a showroom in Crestwood, Manchester, or St. Peter's or online at boardwalkhardwood.com. Of course, the Blues are off tonight after last night's 5-0 victory against the Calgary Flames. And right now, the Blues sit with a record of 14 four and five first place in the central five points ahead of second place Colorado and coach in the last week your club went two one and two an overtime loss a loss to Anaheim but a nice response with wins in your last two games you have to feel good about that yeah I thought uh, a couple of them games were just okay um, in the games like you know I guess uh, that's the way it goes sometimes but uh, we respond well we're you know we're pushing here and trying to get better Um, you know some games we lost could have done some things better and uh, you know obviously but uh, you know it's been good at home here we we're, you know we're racking up points we've got to keep doing it and I know that uh, the last couple of weeks or so you, you've had a lot of wins but not a lot of five goal games you had five goals last night so it was nice to see you capitalize on all those chances yeah our five on five goal scoring is obviously down a little bit um, but you know in saying that the chances we're getting good chances we're just not finishing and other guys bared down more last night and did a good job you know to score the goals coach obviously a couple of games ago the blues in that victory against tampa bay lose another winger so that's three wingers you've now lost including steen and tarasenko with sammy blay gone after wrist surgery uh tough break for him it looked like he was just starting to come into his own as a young player yeah he's had a good year um you know a real competitive player um great with the puck and great one-on-one individual skill which is important to have in your lineup. You know, he can make things happen just on his own. He doesn't need any help. Uh, it's unfortunate for him, uh, you know, feel for him uh, out a couple months. Uh, it's a tough injury to have. It looks like, though, that your hockey club, and even going back to last year with, you know, a lot of injuries, a lot of adversity, you guys uh, just sort of move on. Is that fair to say? That's the plan. That's what we try to do. I mean, you can't just sit there and dwell upon it or worry about it. Other guys got to come in and they're getting an opportunity to play in a bigger role. So that's on them to, you know, they want that bigger role. So there you go. Go do it. And one of those players would be Troy Brower, who, of course, was on a PTO, a professional tryout for 10 days. You guys signed him to a one-year deal the other day. What did you like about him in that 10-day audition period, if you will? His looks like he's, you know, really hasn't really missed much. Like, do you know what I mean? He looks like he's moving well still, and he still has good puck skills, and, and he's a big guy that knows how to play. But, you know, the real reason that I like him so much is that he's won before. Um, he's played in a lot of meaningful games in his career, uh, knows how to win, and that goes a long way, especially down a stretch. Um, you know, having a veteran, you know, guy that's uh, a hard-nosed player. Um, so that. That, that's big for me. Is there a plan to get him in the lineup soon? Yeah, there is. We're just waiting on a visa thing, so we'll get him in as soon as that's finished. All right. Craig Bruby, last week we mentioned the Blues went 2-1-2, and two, starting last Friday night in Columbus, a 3-2 overtime loss to the Blue Jackets. McEachern and Shen had your goals. Um, obviously, when you're ahead after two like you were, you want the two points. You're up 3-2, to two, and uh, Dubois scored the tying goal in the third period. Was it a case of the Jackets coming off? 
on and playing a good third period, or were the Blues sitting back a little bit? Well, I don't know. They push hard, the Jackets. They're, they're a competitive team. I thought, though, we're kind of, you know, we the whole game, I didn't find that we were real sharp, to be honest with you, in that game. I thought that a uh, little bit loose, and, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that we really went into, went into that game uh, with the right mindset, to be honest with you. But, you know, that happens at times in this league. And, um, you know, we ended up getting a point out of it, which was great. But uh, I thought mentally we weren't sharp. Perhaps uh, mentally in overtime, I'm sure um, it still pains you to lose a game like you did when you had a power play and then you have too many men on the ice. It's really a mental error that cost you the game, isn't it? Oh, definitely. I mean, that's a mental error for sure. And I just thought in general there was a lot of mental errors in the game. Like So I didn't think we were mentally sharp in that game. Chief, obviously last night another bench minor. Uh, for folks that might be new to hockey, uh, how do line changes work and uh, who's in charge of making the changes? <laughs> I am. Okay. But uh, so last night's bench minor is kind of on me. I yelled Rosie, and that's Della Rose, but Bozy thought I said Bozy. So <laughs> he jumped over. So I got a, I, you know, it's got a little confused there on the bench. That happens sometimes. And that's, that's the biggest thing. I think sometimes there's a little bit of confusion at times on the bench. But uh, you know, these line changes, you really got to be careful. You got to come to the bench hard nowadays, like, because as soon as you jump over too early and you have the puck and the linesman see it or the referee see it, they're going to call it. And that happens a lot. You know, it's just being lazy, not coming to the bench hard enough and the other guy jumping too early. So you're in charge of changing the forwards and the defense? Just the forwards. Okay. But Mike Van Ryan does the defense. All right. After the loss in Columbus, you guys come home and face a rested Anaheim club, lose it 4-1. to one. Um, Normally, your team has been pretty good on the second night of a back-to-back. You had won your first three this year, um, but down 2 nothing after one, obviously a recipe for disaster to fall behind by two. Yeah, it is. Um, and to be honest with you, I thought we came out, out, out of the gate good in that game. We had a really good, uh, you know, first five or six shifts that we could have scored two or three goals but we didn't capitalize on it Gibson was good that night I didn't feel we played that bad of a game it was just one of those games where we got outplayed by the goalie and in addition it's two to one in the second after Dunn has scored and you give up a shorthanded goal I mean if you you get a power play goal there it's a different game oh definitely uh that's a kind of a mental error there for sure giving up that goal we just we got a little lackadaisical there and give him a freebie All right, after the loss, the Blues, of course, off until Tuesday. A big game against Tampa Bay, a club that last year had 62 victories. You beat them 3-1, to Perron, Sundquist, and Schwartz with an empty net goal. The shots in that game, Chief, 34-18 for the Blues. Was that one of your more complete 60-minute efforts of the year? Yeah, from a defensive side of things, I thought that we did an excellent job of being on the right side of the puck, um, being tight defensively, frustrating, a very good offensive team. And that's, you know, that's our staple of our team, to be honest with you. Uh, we don't always play that way, but uh, we played, you know, we played Tampa Bay um, that way, and it was, you know, that's that's how we play. Like, we limit the shot 
shots and we frustrate the other team and capitalize on a couple chances. In that game, a couple of things uh, I wanted to ask you about. Shen with a big hit on Kucherov. He left the game. When a club loses one of its top players, and he obviously is a top player, he led the league in scoring last year, does that seem to upset the, the team in that particular game, or can it? Oh, for sure it can. I think that it sets in a lot of frustration with the other team. Um, you know, we want to be a physical hockey team, but a clean hockey team in the same respect. Like, we don't want to take penalties, but we got to be hard on teams, and we were that game. Chief, a couple of uh, lineup changes in that game on Tuesday. You moved Robert Thomas to center ice and also Bozak to right wing. First of all, Thomas, as we know, is a natural center iceman uh, all through minor hockey, junior hockey, but has been a right winger so far with the Blues. And you told me the other day that the grand plan was to get him to center at some point. So I guess the question is, why now? And what did you think of his performance in the first two games at center? Well, why now is because, you know, we weren't scoring enough five on five. So he's he's a great playmaker. Um, you know, he's got a lot of room in the middle of the ice so I thought that we'd try to try something different move some guys around and uh, you know his first two games have been excellent there so they're producing that line's producing so that was the goal and he has four assists in his first two games up the middle uh, as we know centers have a lot more responsibility in their own zone coming back you have to come back deep and cover the slot and things like that is as a young guy do you, you feel he's ready for that added responsibility i do uh he's gonna have to keep working at it though you got to be heavy down there and you got to be in good position a lot and but i feel he's ready for it um he's worked really hard um he was you know injured obviously but he's worked really hard from training camp on i think he's got himself in a lot better shape he continues to work hard on and off the ice and i feel like he's getting better and better and stronger and stronger so hopefully he keeps improving there and and we keep working with him so uh on his coverages and things like that down on our end and coach the other move you made was bozak to right wing with shannon schwartz the all sasky line as they like to call it uh, your thoughts on their performance in the first two games well i mean they're getting tons of chances they just haven't produced yet so but uh, we got to get results that's the goal so we'll see hopefully it starts going in for them otherwise we're gonna have to make a change all right meanwhile the blues last night of course a nice win over calgary five nothing zach sanford with a goal and three assists uh oscar sundquist with a couple of goals so uh obviously when you lose players like we talked about players like sanford get a bigger role and obviously one of his best games as a, as a pro with four points what did you think of that line's performance in particular and sanford um with the four points yeah i think sanford's played pretty good hockey lately uh you know he hasn't got the results but I, he's competing a lot harder. He's on top of things. He's more physical. And it paid off last night, so I, hopefully it continues to pay off. That line in general, like I said, they're they're pretty connected as a line right now. They're, they got good chemistry. Sunquist is, you know, what he is. He's a hard worker. He's in the forecheck. He's, you know, battling all the time. And and he has the ability to put the puck in the net, So and, it's, and he's doing that right now. So the line's got good chemistry right now, so hopefully it can continue. Coach? Sanford seems to be the like a player, a young player. Um, since you took over as coach a year ago, he has been in and out of the lineup at times. He's had a, a role on the you know top lines and then the bottom lines. Is it just sort of natural that a young player would be a little bit inconsistent? And obviously, you want him to be more consistent. Yeah, I think so. I think throughout his 
you know, pro career so far is a little bit in and out as a player. Um, and, and that's what he has to find is the consistency. So it's just becoming a better pro. Um, and it starts off the ice and what, you, what you're doing and your training and all that stuff. Um, we've talked to him about getting stronger and, and uh, better conditions, and he's been doing that off the ice. And it's paying off So he, uh, for me because he's showing that he's a more consistent player on the ice. Coach Vince Dunn had a goal. He also had a huge hit on Calgary winger Mangiapane. Um After the hit, Zach Ronaldo went after Dunn. It was a legal hit. There was no penalty. It seems in today's game, you can agree or disagree, of course, that regardless if the hit is a soft hit or a hard hit, if it's legal and it's hard, the other team doesn't like it. I mean, has that changed over the years? And what do you think of that? Yeah, I think, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think, though, back in the day when I played, if you hit a skilled guy hard enough, you're going to get a reaction from the team. <laughs> so I'm not so sure. But, you know, it was a clean hit. It's a good hit, um, to be honest with you. You know, I don't. I don't like. I don't. I don't expect our guys. If somebody gets hit clean, that's a good hit. Get up and play. That's part of the game. Like if you you got to be able to understand that you're going to get hit at times. Um, you're you're going to be in a tough spot at times. And if it's a good clean hit, then it's a good clean hit. Get up and play. If it's a dirty hit, it's different. Our guys do a good job of understanding that and getting in there when they have to. Craig Berube uh, wanted to ask you about something that you have tweaked in the last couple of games. No morning skate for the hockey club, not even optional. Why did you decide to go that route, and will it continue? Yeah, uh, I just like to change things up, for one. I don't like to be doing the same thing over and over. I think it's good to change and, and mix things up a little bit. And the other thing is just energy and rest. Um, you know, we if we say optional, 15 guys will go out. So that's not an optional. <laughs> you know, it's the same guys that don't go out, and the other guys go out, and they stay out there a long time. So I think it's just wasted energy right now. Now, we, you know, this could all change and go, go a different direction. So maybe we will morning skate, and we'll maybe take a day off, you know, uh, before the game. So it's just something. It's a feel thing. Coach, a couple more things. Last night uh, we mentioned was the anniversary of your first game as the Blues coach. It was actually in Nashville, the team you played tomorrow night. Since you took over exactly a year ago, there have been now eight coaching changes, including Mike Babcock getting fired the other day by Toronto. Uh, does that number surprise you? Uh, well, uh, yes and no. In this league, and the NHL, I, I find that there's not a lot of patience. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure from, you know, ownership, management to win now, no matter what. And I think that's why you see a lot of coaching changes. Coach, uh, finally, the Nashville Predators come to town. It's the first game of a home-and-home. Home. You're in Nashville on Monday to kick off a three-game road trip. Right now, the Predators is a team that won the Central last year at 500. They're 9-9-3. Nine, nine They've lost six in a row. So I guess, number one, why have they struggled a little bit as of late? And number two, I guess you have to be wary of a team coming in on a losing streak. Yeah, I'm not so sure why they're not playing the way they you know, expect to play. I think that uh, they seem to be um, letting a lot of goals in. Um, and yes, you got to be wary. You got to make sure that you're ready to go. They're going to be a hungry hockey team, especially against us. Um, you know, it's obviously a rival game, a uh, division game. It's going to be a tough game for sure. And, you know, we got to be ready. I mean, uh, these teams, you know, they're on losing, losing skids, they're going to play hard. 
Coach, thank you for your time. Good luck tomorrow night. Thank you very much, JK. All right, that's the head coach, Craig Ruby. Coming up next on Behind the Bench, we'll talk to Big Walt. Keith Kachuk will be our guest next on 101 ESPN. John Kelly back here on 101 ESPN. Tonight's Coach's Show is brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Boardwalk has great floors for every home with better selection, better value, and the best service. Visit a showroom in Crestwood, Manchester, or St. Peter's or online at boardwalkhardwood.com. And we get a chance to visit with Blues legend Keith Kachuk, who, of course, in town last night seeing his son Matthew play with the Calgary Flames. Of course, Big Walt played 19 years in the NHL show over 1,200 games and uh, his family is doing quite well right now. Of course, Matthew with Calgary and young Brady is with the Ottawa Senators. His daughter Taryn just committed to Virginia on a uh, scholarship field hockey. So, Keith, uh, I know you do some part-time work for the Blues, but uh, seeing your kids play sports is almost a full-time job in itself, isn't it? It is great. You know, obviously I'm very busy with the Blues, um, scouting college free agents, so um, whenever I get an opportunity to watch the kids Kids, we, you know, we're very active in our kids' uh, lives, and you know, don't get a chance to see them a lot in person. But with Taryn being home, get to see her quite a bit, and obviously, it's a lot. It's a big thrill to watch your kids live their dream and, you know, playing the sport they love. I know we talked to Jeff Shen the other night when. Luke was in town with Tampa Bay and watching both boys play. He said it was tough watching them play against each other. Um, is it hard for you to watch your kids when they face each other like that? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's only happened uh, twice, but uh, yeah, I mean, because you just want the best for both of them. You don't, you can't root for one and not the other, and you just want them both to succeed. But you know, when they're out there, you know, they do love each other off the ice. When they're out there, they're going to battle. But, uh, you know, we're just blessed to, to, to have them live their dream and to be able to play the sport that they grew up, you know, play, watching the Blues being from here. So it's a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, it's a little stress at times when you watch them play against each other. Is it tougher for Chantel? Yeah, she's, she's a nervous wreck no matter what. Even when they play not against each other, she's always on the edge of her seat. So, uh you know, mom's taking it a little different, but that's understandable. Keith, I remember your boys playing floor hockey in the Blues locker room when you were playing. Um, back then, did you think that they would make it to the NHL, or did they have the desire to be NHL players? Well, you never think they're going to make the NHL. Obviously, they love the sport. Uh, they played multiple sports, but coming here and, you know, being here, you know, they're playing their youth hockey, and you just want them to move on to the next level, whatever that is. They're still young. You want them to enjoy it, but you never think about, you know, I'm sure they dreamt about being in the NHL because that's what every kid does who is a hockey fan. You come to these games, you know, just like when I was a kid watching the Bruins, you know, I'm like, holy cow, this would be great to to be a part of this and, and to have it come through too. And it, it feels like yesterday, Johnny, to be honest with you, that these kids were in that locker room, you know, being menaces and chewing gum, making a mess, hurting each other, checking each other, cuts and bruises. So uh, we missed that part. That was, But that was a, a great opportunity for them to come and enjoy the rank at such a young age. Keith Kachuk, I know you joined the Blues back in 2001, and of course your club went to the West Final that year, lost to Colorado in five, and you had some really good teams um, as a Blue, as you know. Uh, what did it mean, though, for this team to finally break through and win a cup last year? It was huge. I mean, just to see the, the fans' reaction, I mean, you got to give Tom credit, uh, Tom Stillman credit. I mean, his desire um, to win, his... 
his attitude and the other owners and what Doug has built here and to see this whole process I mean it was so much fun for the city just to see the people in the stands the, on the streets the the flags the, the excitement and 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 to where the guys were in January at this point you know being in last place and just taking the ball and running and um, you know it was a heck of a heck of a playoff run and we were so thrilled that parade was exceptional I mean I mean they, they know how to do things right here in St. Louis it's a great sports town a great place to live and that's why we enjoy living there I know that uh, as you said you were in the parade and you had the cup at your house what was the the best moment for for Keith Kachuk and his family well to be able to share the cup with your daughter and your wife even though the two boys were not too happy having the cup in my house you know I, I would say that but getting an opportunity to, to hoist that Stanley Cup at Center Ice at, the, at a place where I grew up uh, you know watching in the Boston Bruin Arena there the TD Garden whatever it's called now to be able to hold, hoist that cup up was it was just an incredible experience and something I'll never forget and I'm just thrilled to be a part of the St. Louis Blues um, organization I mean, I love this place. I love the team and everything about this uh, this place, uh, friends, family, everybody. It's just great. Keith Kachuk, we mentioned, of course, your boys, Matthew and Brady, and we, we mentioned Taryn, your, your your only daughter, and uh, I assume quite the athlete. She just got a scholarship to Virginia. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, uh, actually, Virginia's in the Final Four this weekend and for field hockey, so ACC powerhouse. Um, she loves field hockey. She's really progressed over the last couple of years and to get an opportunity to do this in college to get into such a great school is we're really thrilled uh, with what with her and her desire to become better and to be a part of that and to be able to play four more years is pretty incredible and finally Keith you mentioned uh, you're scouting college hockey now for the the st. Louis Blues how do you enjoy that role and uh, you know watching these young kids that might someday wear the blue note well it's great it's great experience for me I've done a, I've dabbled in a lot of different things that Doug has given me the this opportunity to do and to be able to watch some of our own drafted players that are playing college and to see other teams drafted players and to try to pick some free agents to help this organization um you know, it's a nice role to have, and, and you're helping out in different areas. So, And it's also a great opportunity for me to learn and can continue to move up in this organization. I love doing it, and um, keeps me busy. I get to see a lot of, uh, reconnect with a lot of guys that I've seen and played with and against over the years. So um, I love it. I love doing it. And, uh, you know, I still get to be able to watch my kids once in a while, too. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. Awesome. Keith, thank you for your time, and uh, I know you're a proud papa. Very good to see you. Thank you, Johnny. All right, that is the great Keith Kachuk, our guest here on Behind the Bench. Coming up next, we'll talk to broadcaster Kenny Elbert, longtime announcer for the Rangers and, of course, NBC Sports Network. That's coming up next right here on 101 ESPN. And welcome back to Behind the Bench. I'm John Kelly here on 101 ESPN and pleased to be joined by Kenny Elbert, who, of course, is the longtime voice of the New York Rangers on radio and does hockey for NBC. You do football for Fox. You do baseball for Fox. Uh, you must have a good secretary to schedule all these events for you, Kenny. Well, you have to be real organized. And, and the one thing that I've learned in recent years is to always take a picture on your phone of the hotel room. Right. They used to give you the keys with the room written down on it. And... 
I did go to the wrong room a couple of weeks ago, so the photo is very valuable. Yeah, I knew you when you were a college kid coming up. I was actually doing a, a year with the Rangers with Sal Messina on radio, and, and uh, you took over after Howie Rose. When you were a young guy, did you want to be just the hockey guy, or did you, did you want to branch out like your dad did? Probably similar to you. I wanted to do hockey on the radio. That was it. I loved hockey. It was my favorite sport as a youngster. Uh, had the pleasure and honor of sitting next to you for many of those games and handing you notes and statistics during that season with the Rangers in the late 80s. And that was really my goal, was to do hockey on the radio. And started in the American Hockey League, as you did as well, uh, down in Baltimore. And uh, one thing led to another and uh, wound up involved in a variety of sports, which, which I enjoy. I really enjoy the variety football now for 26 years, which is hard to believe, and, and baseball and some basketball as well. But hockey on the radio was my number one goal. That's really all I wanted to do growing up as a, as a youngster. So do you have a, a favorite sport now, or do you just love them all? I get that question all the time, and I always say it's like asking which kid you like best if you have right. four kids. I have two, not four. Um, Hockey and football, those are the two that I've done the longest and, and the most. And it's really like comparing apples and oranges. I love them both. Um, always loved hockey, you know, from day one. And, and there's not, really nothing like the Stanley Cup playoffs, John, as you know. Uh, but there's also something special about 1 o'clock on a Sunday when, when an NFL game kicks off. So football is the most preparation by far because you might have two teams that you haven't seen all season. And you know that the viewers know everything there is to know about their team. So it really starts on Monday morning for a Sunday game. I've never counted up the hours, but it's probably 20, 30, 40 hours of prep between watching previous games and reading and uh, preparing charts and statistics and then going to practices and talking to players and coaches. But um, fortunately, I haven't had to choose between the two because uh, um, really love them all, but but hockey's the one that right from a young age that was my favorite. Played a little hockey, wasn't very good at it uh, on the ice, but um, you know still to this day it's so much fun. Aside from the preparation, as far as just the nuts and bolts of calling the games, um, is one more difficult than the other? I mean, a lot of people ask me, you know, how do you keep up with hockey? I mean, I think it's the fastest sport out there, but from your perspective, which is the toughest to announce? To me, hockey's actually the easiest, which people find surprising. Um, as you know, especially on radio, you're really just calling the game. And you learn the names, the European names, the foreign names. They're not that hard after a while, once you, once you learn them. Um, and on the radio side, again, there's not a lot of time for the analysts to get in, more so on TV. To me, baseball is the most challenging because there's so much downtime. The ball's only in play for like 8 to 12 minutes over the course of the entire game. Football's a set formula. It's one play, and then it's 20 or 25 seconds. So you call the play, and then your analyst comes in. It's another play. It's 20 or 25 seconds. Basketball, similar to hockey, the ball's in play for the entire 48 minutes. In hockey, the puck's in play for the entire 60 minutes. There are stoppages. But hockey's a lot faster. Like you said, it's definitely the fastest game. The one that I was uh, asked to do once back in my early days working in Washington, a college wrestling match <laughs> down in North Carolina, I studied and I spoke to former wrestlers and coaches and Despite all the preparation, once it got started, I really felt like I had no clue what I was doing. So uh, that was a one and done. That was uh, the one that I really had no clue. Yeah. 
We're talking to Kenny Albert, of course, longtime broadcaster with the New York Rangers, uh, does a great job on NBC Sports Network, does football for Fox. Um, and you saw a lot of the Blues playoff games last year. I know you did the final on, on radio with Joe Micheletti. Um, when did you first realize covering, you know, the playoffs through the spring and obviously you were hopping from series to series when this Blues team might emerge as the winner? Well, just doing the quick math in my head, I think I worked the last 19 Blues games. <laughs> I didn't work game one in the Dallas series, but I worked the rest. So that's six. Six against San Jose, 12, and then seven on the radio in the final. It kind of had the same feel of Nashville two seasons prior and Vegas and the runs those two teams went on and I worked the Western Conference final both those years uh, with Nashville advancing to the final. They lost to Pittsburgh and then of course Vegas losing to Washington but you know, during that Dallas series, and especially after the, the Pat Maroon goal, and then even when they were down 2-1, I think you know one of the great things that, that Craig Berube uh, did during those playoffs, I felt, was after the hand pass goal in overtime, the way he settled his team down. He said, don't look back, uh, look ahead, you know, we'll go out there and try and win the next game. Uh, whereas on the other side, the Sharks, they were kind of complaining that, that people on the outside felt that they were the beneficiaries of a lucky call or a non-call. So I thought what he said to both his team and the media after Game 3 against San Jose was the turning point. And it started to get that feel of of the Nashville run and the Vegas run and then um, into the Stanley Cup final, even when the Blues had their you know tough times during that final couple of games where the Bruins scored five or six goals. Uh, they put it behind them, and it was remarkable to watch and a lot of fun. You know, you kind of get attached to a team, even though we're doing national broadcasts. You don't root for one team or the other, but you know, you do spend so much time around them, the players, the coaches, the broadcasters, that you almost do feel like a part of it uh, on the outside. And uh, I was, you know, just so happy for the city, um, you know, for folks like yourself and um, Chris Kerber and, and Darren Pang, who have been here for such a long time, and people in the organization. And it was a lot of fun to watch the celebrations from the outside once I was back home. Yeah, no question. It was a lot of fun all summer, as I'm sure you're aware. Kenny, as we said, you do a lot of Ranger games, most every game, so you see the East a lot more than we do do. Um, I saw Washington play the other night. Really good hockey club. Could you right now, I know it's only mid-November, uh, start to see the cre cream rise from the top, or is it just too early to say which teams could emerge at the end of you know June? I saw Washington last week, and they were really impressive. I've seen Tampa twice, and again, they're interesting in that when you look at what happened to them last year, 62 wins and then swept in the first round. You know, is it a case of just get through the regular season with the Lightning? And the playoffs are really all that matters. You know, it doesn't really matter what they do in the regular season as long as they make the playoffs. Um, and I know they certainly have something to prove after getting swept last year. That was embarrassing for them after winning the President's Trophy. Um, I haven't seen the New York Islanders in person yet, but what Lou Lamorello and, and Barry Trotz have done there over uh, one season plus two months has been remarkable. Um, you know, Carolina went on a great run last year, Boston. So... It's you know fun to watch how things will develop over these next four months, but I think right now you have to certainly look at Washington and Tampa Bay as probably the two top teams in the East. Kenny, finally, we saw Kevin Chattenkirk in St. Louis the other night. Uh, we'll see him again next week. The Blues are in Tampa the night before Thanksgiving. Why did things not work out as well as they had hoped for Shattenkirk and the Rangers? I think injuries, health was a big part of it. Um, his first of two years with the Rangers, he had knee issues and really tried to play through it. And as you know, he's such a great guy. He's one of the nicest guys you'll meet in hockey. 
hockey and took less money and less years to play at home and probably had you know, so many people to try and please and impress family members and friends. They were always around, I'm sure, at the games. And again, such a likable guy. You know, you root for him. You want him to do well. And um, he was better in year two, I think. He had David Quinn, who was his college coach, assistant coach at BU, and they have a great relationship. And uh, the Rangers, you know, it's a business, unfortunately, and decided to uh, buy him out. I think he's in a great spot now at Tampa on, on a really good team, a veteran team. Uh, seems real happy down there. Great weather, obviously. And uh, Ryan McDonough is a guy that he played with in New York. He was paired with him. They're back together, not necessarily playing together every game, but on the same defense core. So um, he's a guy you root for. And, uh, you know, you look at his two former teams that won the Cups the last two years in in the Capitals and Blues. He was in Washington for a brief time. And, um, you know, hopefully he'll get his opportunity one of these years. Yeah, he certainly is a great person. You're a great person as well, Kenny Albert. Thanks for your time. Uh, we'll see you down the road. Thanks, John. Anytime. Okay, that's Kenny Albert, longtime broadcaster for the Rangers, NBC, and of course for Fox on NFL Football. We'll have much more on Behind the Bench coming up next on 101 ESPN. And welcome back to the Coaches Show here on 101 ESPN. I'm John Kelly. Our final guest tonight is Blues defenseman Colton Pareko and Colton, obviously a Stanley Cup last year and a great start to this season for the St. Louis Blues. I would think that right now life is pretty good for Colton Pareko. Yeah, so far so good, obviously. Um, kind of going into my fifth year here now, and obviously what we did last year was exciting for, for our city and for our group, and obviously for myself and kind of everybody that uh, surrounded me growing up and kind of got me to this point, and it's definitely not easy. So to uh, obviously win the Stanley Cup, what you kind of watch on TV growing up and um, what you dream of as a kid is is pretty special and um, kind of early on in my career hopefully too hopefully I have a, a long career and um, you see guys even guys on our team now that have had long careers and um, they just go just goes to show that uh, it's it's not easy and I'm just fortunate to be on on a really good team um, with some good teammates and that uh, we push each other each day uh, we make each other better and um, we just come to the rink and enjoy our time at the rink together, and I think that that's the biggest thing is uh, we just continue to um, look at the big picture, uh, make sure that we stick together. Um, we kind of saw it last year. We didn't have the start that we wanted, obviously, but we, we kind of came together, and uh, we, we saw what we could do when we worked together as a team. Uh, we were a dominant team, so um, it's it's exciting to kind of get back to your, your first question there that uh, winning the Stanley Cup was obviously a dream come true, and hopefully many more here in St. Louis. So when you were a young guy growing up in the Edmonton area, dreaming of winning the Cup, uh, who were you and what team were you watching? I probably, I don't know exactly, I mean, I was everybody probably. There was probably numerous different different players I was and numerous different teams even, um, just depending on, on the year and kind of who I was watching. Uh, so no specific players, um, but there were no specific team. Um, but just that was that was the dream on the outdoor rink. That was the dream playing road hockey with your buddies uh, or, or even just... Uh, Watching it, watching it live on TV uh, with with your parents and your brother and your family, it's uh, it's it's a special moment uh, for any hockey player uh, that that has grown up and played the game and has obviously uh, got to play it uh, at this level. So you weren't a big Oilers fan as a kid. I was, I guess, yeah. I mean, we we didn't go to many hockey games as 
growing up, I would say. I, I didn't go to many, uh, but obviously coming from Edmonton area, that's the team that I kind of followed the closest. And uh, yeah, I mean, if, if I were to say I had a favorite team growing up, it would be Edmonton. So Colton, uh, obviously you were a third round pick of the Blues back in 2012. And you went the college route. You played collegiately at Alaska Fairbanks, which, as you know, is not a high-profile hockey program, not to, to, you know, be critical or anything. I'm sure it's a very good program. But number one, why did you decide to go that route instead of Major Junior A? Uh, I think my biggest thing for me is I started to kind of grow at around 16, 17 years old. And uh, I started to just find myself and find my my game and kind of figure out how to use my body figure out how to skate with with growing so much and in the previous summer that it, it takes time to develop your skating habits um just the overall game itself so if you go the major junior out you play major junior until 20 and then you got to make the leap to the ahl hopefully um if not east coast or obviously the elite players go to the nhl and i definitely was not nowhere near that that uh level during those those years of my hockey hockey career so um, if you go to college you have a little bit more time to to kind of develop yourself kind of get a feel for what it's like college route you get to work out a lot more you only play games on Friday Saturday so we work out Monday through Wednesday um, I I wasn't the strongest guy by any means I wasn't um, I guess built very well I wasn't filled out if that's what you want to call it so it gave me an opportunity to obviously get strong um, play against older players too a lot of guys in college are over 20 years old as well so um, that those aspects I think kind of combined were the biggest things but um, the number one reason would, would obviously be the the ability for me to buy myself a little bit extra time to develop and play against older players and um, just get stronger. So obviously it looks like you made the right decision and Colton Prager, you came to the Blues in camp in 2015. Of course that year the Blues went to the third round. Did you expect to make the team out of camp and who really helped you that first training camp? Yeah, I wasn't sure what to expect uh, coming into the camp. Obviously, uh, St. Louis, you you watch them uh, as soon as they draft you, and you uh, kind of see how good their decor is, and uh, you you know that it's definitely not easy. Not only do they have the deep decor that they already have, but they have other guys that are are wanting that that position as well. So um, I wasn't sure what to expect. It was my first NHL camp, main camp, I guess you could say because college players aren't, aren't allowed to, aren't eligible to, to do that. So for me, uh, I just wanted to come in, obviously give myself the best opportunity to play well, give myself the best chance to, to make the team. And just, I didn't really focus as much as making the team as I did just coming to the rink every day, uh, making sure that I showed up for practice, making sure that I was doing the right things, making sure that I showed up for the preseason games that I was put into and um, just, took it day by day instead of trying to jump to the to the biggest pitcher. Obviously, that's in the back of your mind, but um, you want to make sure that you uh, you focus on on the day by day schedule and you can continue to build off that. And um, I kind of touched on earlier the players here. Um, 
have been phenomenal uh, for all my five years that we have such a good great group that everyone's willing to help each other uh, we all have each other's backs um, and it's a, it's a special bond I, f I think that uh, we have here in St. Louis because we hear different stories and different things from from around the league and uh, it just doesn't seem to to be the same so very fortunate to be uh, brought into this this uh, organization and with this group of guys so Colton Prego tell me about your your cup day I know you brought it home to the Edmonton area and uh, what was it like for you it was phenomenal uh, it was such a fun day I think not only me, but my, my whole family had smiles on their faces the whole day. And uh, it was it was just a happy day for everybody. And that was what I enjoyed the most is everybody seemed to be so happy for the whole day. And it was a special day spending what it seemed that we are the people that work to get the Stanley Cup. But um, yes, I'm on the ice, but my family has has been behind me since day one. They've taken me to hockey practice early in the morning. They've battled through work to get me to hockey practice they've left work to get me to hockey practice etc and um they keep following me i left home at 16 but they're, they're always there they're always helping you out they'll do anything for you um they come up to alaska to visit me they go to the cold coldest spots and <laughs> they can't be fun so uh but no they they're always there to support you and they they have a big impact on who you are and and where you where you go. So um, to be able to share an award that means a lot to me uh, obviously meant a lot to me that I got to give it and share it with them. So um, I was uh, a special day, but kind of a breakdown of my day. We went to my parents' house and we had an hour there or so in the morning just to kind of uh, take some pictures around the house, and then we went to the local children's hospital. And then we did um, a local children's hockey tournament. So we took it around to a few dressing rooms for the, some of the teams. And then we went to my grandpa's house for a long period of time for lunch. We just kind of slotted off some time to sit down, enjoy lunch, kind of look around the cup, check it out a little bit, see some names on it, um, hear some stories. The cup guys were there. So we got to get some stories from them and um, just share some time as a family um, because we knew the rest, rest of the day was going to be pretty hectic because we uh, end up going to around the around my hometown just taking pictures and then after that went to a golf course and had dinner and um, some drinks with some family and friends so we just wanted to make sure that uh, we sh had time with the family and then obviously time time with uh, people that also influenced me uh, growing up in my hockey career like old teammates and old coaches and um, just people I grew up going to school with as well. So you dream uh, of winning the Stanley Cup as a kid and then of course when you get drafted and now you win it. Um, was it better than you thought it would be in the parade and the day with the cup and, and everything? Yeah, uh, and now looking back at it, it, it's better almost that when you look back at it now, just in the sense that when you're going through it, you're you're more focused on just playing um, every night and it's more just routine. Um, and uh, don't get me wrong, there's no better feeling than that lifting the Stanley Cup for the first ever time on the ice. And um, I got chills right now just thinking about it. But just looking back and at what you kind of accomplished and how cool everything was, uh, it, it gives me a bigger appreciation for sure. And it's just such a cool, cool experience. And uh, it, it definitely it lives up to it its expectations for sure. Finally, Colton, uh, of course, last year you were a mainstay with big Jay Bowmeister on defense, a great shutdown pair. And now this year, for the most part, 
you've played the left side with Petrangelo. So how is, is that adjustment, and uh, is it is it radically different to go to the left side? It's good so far. Obviously, it, it is a little different for sure on the left side, but um, the beauty of it is it beauty of it is that uh, you get to learn learn new things about being over there and uh, obviously playing with Petro is is uh, is nice because he's obviously elite de- defenseman he's uh, he's a player that knows the game really well makes it easy on me so getting to play with a guy like that is is key and um, kind of like I touched on earlier just trying to take take it and run with it and enjoy it and just learn from learn from the experiences every game that different things kind of are getting thrown at each game and you learn from playing the left side just little techniques um, that maybe you wouldn't even notice if you're watching the game but just things like in the neutral zone trying to open up your hips and find different guys because you're more closed and um, just things like that but obviously in the offensive zone it's a little different trying to push pucks off the wall and uh, getting pucks to the net but uh, it, it's all a challenge which makes it fun and uh, I, I'm enjoying it and uh, we're lucky that we we have a decor that we can continually change and continually um, maneuver uh, in, in different ways that we like. Colton, I enjoyed the time. Thank you so much. Uh, great chat with you, and good luck tomorrow night against Nashville. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. All right, that's Colton Preco, and that is another edition of Behind the Bench. Thanks to the coach, Craig Bruby, broadcaster, Kenny Albert, also Big Walt, Keith Kachuk, and, of course, Colt 55, Colton Preco. I'm John Kelly. Have a great night, everybody.